Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. Tony, I, I, my first reaction is just, fuck yes, let's go. Socks versus Detroit. That's, that's where it all starts. It all starts taking care of business in-house in the Central Division. That's right, I'm a meatball. You gotta bring that top button swag, baby. It is always great to beat the Cubs. And I'm a homer, so I always say they're gonna. Dallas Keuchel Lampson got some beards that you should be afraid of. What everybody said when he gets out there, it's me versus the other guy, and I'm gonna beat him. So I just love that mentality. It's cool and fucking tough. Steve, Steve, would you say that Tony is mad online? I, I would definitely say that. The White Sox winner. White Sox fans, welcome into the Sox on Tap Sunday Funday, March 26th edition here. I'm Johnny Nani, Tony Marchese, Sean Roberts joining me today. We had a lot to discuss, boys. How are we doing? Doing better than uh, Leori Garcia. R.I.P. So, Johnny, I'm, I'm sorry about your boy, man. That's I just have to start the show off and, and wish... Uh, Wish you the uh, the best in these trying times. Thank you. I appreciate it. If you guys can see uh, over my shoulder here, I do have the Lurie Garcia jersey hanging like, uh, you know, White Sox used to do with uh, Eloy when he was injured to start the season, uh, having that in the dugout. So, uh, yeah, we, we're paying our respects here. Uh, you the, want the, us to the, sign the jersey, Nani? Yeah, I've yeah, sign, sign it. Maybe get a pair of his batting gloves or cleats or something like that, too. I'll be honest, though. This is something that I never thought the White Sox would do. Right. Like this is something that I this is different. This right. is different. Yeah. It's crazy. I just heard some thunder and the, the skies are opening up, Johnny. Are the gods crying? <laughs> I think so. The baseball gods are crying. <laughs> um we got we got a lot to get to today. Um we appreciate everybody being with us Sunday fun. I know the White Sox are playing right now. Um, however, no TV broadcast of so that just radio. So um if you're joining us or Len Casper, um, you know. Uh, let us know what's going on um, in that game. We'll keep an eye on it as well. Um, but th- that's the big news that we're jumping off the, the, the top here. Um, we, we're going to get to some updates on Socks on Tap, the show itself. We're going to make some season predictions today uh, as well. But before we do that, everyone, make sure go and uh, subscribe to ONTAP Sportsnet on YouTube. Like the ONTAP Sportsnet Facebook page because that's where you should be joining the comments uh, in this. Get them featured up here on the show. Um, we cannot see if you post them through Twitter. So make sure you're on those platforms, YouTube, Facebook, and we can get your comments in here. Join the discussion. Um, love to have you in. So, uh, guys, I was going to start with our socks on tap kind of housekeeping stuff, but I think we need to dive into this roster stuff. Um, the news that we broke in with was uh, obviously Larry Garcia um, not making it per reports, not, not finalized, right? The White Sox haven't announced that yet. And then a couple of relievers, Nick Vila, Brian Shaw, not making the cut here. Initial reaction. Let's hear it. I'm I'm not really surprised, Johnny. I think that uh, it, the writing was sort of on the wall with uh, Larry Garcia. Um, I, I know that uh, Shaw came in, um, you know, as an off-season signing, but it wasn't the uh, the sexiest of moves, so to speak. There, so no real surprises, especially when I think Oscar Colas really pushed the envelope uh, through spring training. So I'm I'm not really shocked, Sean. I think I think with you know Leary, I don't know, man. I, I I'm shocked as far as that goes. The relievers, you know, Shaw and, and stuff like that. Uh, whatever. Um, I I didn't see them being big parts of this, um, this rotation, this bullpen. Um, so I I really didn't even 
whatever. Shoulder shrug, I guess. Good luck with your guys' careers. <laughs> right. Um, I guess Nick Avila uh, on that one, he was a rule five pick. So uh, Vegan is reporting that they are possibly looking at ways to potentially keep him in the organization. But, you know, with the rule five picks, there's a, um, you know, stipulation about putting him on the roster and whatnot. So we'll see what happens with that. Like I said, these are all reports that are coming out. Uh, Brian Shaw. He, got, he walked a shit ton of guys during spring training, so uh, adios to that. But Lurie Garcia, guys, um, I thought just for the money, they, they would have done it just because that's the White Sox way, right? Th- that's where I'm at. <laughs> but how many times have we seen the White Sox in recent years move on from a guy that's just not cutting it? I feel like it happens mid-season. more often. Yeah, even midseason. I mean, look at Dallas Keuchel. Um, you can even go back and, and look at and pull some other names here, but every time we do this, it's like the fan base gets super shocked. Like, oh my God, we're moving on from from this. Uh, I don't think Lurie Garcia was really a bad baseball player. He offered versatility in the field. He, uh, you know, served the White Sox well in his time here. He had a bad year um, and and really struggled through major portions of last season. He's getting a little bit older. Um, you can make all you want about the contract that Rick Hahn signed him to, but uh, this was the right baseball move and the Sox did it. And again, we should, that should be applauded. Um, but uh, for all intents and purposes though, uh, you know, that, that guy's been around this organization for a very long time is held in high regard by most of the players in the clubhouse. Um, be interesting to see where he winds up, but uh, you know, for the White Sox in 2023, they, they made the best decision moving forward here. Yeah, I think this is just something that we're we're not like we're accustomed to it, right? Like happening during the season. But I think we all just were like, especially last year, right? When when Leori gets that three year contract, we're like, all right, well, he's not going anywhere. So how? So he's going to be on the roster no matter how good he does, no matter how bad he is, whatever the case is, he's always going to be there. Um, and this is different, you know. And I don't know if this is a a Griffol thing. Um, I don't, yeah, I, I love it. I'm all for it. Listen, I, like if you don't deserve to be on the roster, you don't deserve to be on the right, roster. I, I, I want to get to that. You just mentioned that name there, Pedro Griffel, and we'll, we'll have some more to discuss about him later. But, um, Hansier Alberto looks to be right the utility guy that's going to replace Slurry Garcia. And yeah. if you go on spring training merit, right, earned it. Uh, he definitely played much better uh, th- than Lurie did. There's no doubt about that. He played across the infield, multiple positions. Shit, even went to first base uh, one time when they needed a guy there. So um, it, there's that versatility there. However, if you go and look back at his numbers, let's not like take Cactus League for the you know end-all, be-all here because there's a reason the guy has jumped around and he's a journeyman in this league. Part of that's being a utility guy, but the other part is that his bat can't consistently stay in a lineup. And I know he's going to be on as a bench player, but... I don't think we should be totally over the moon because guess what? Anzer Alberto might just turn into the hashtag griefful guy version of Lurie Garcia. Well, it's funny that you bring that up, Nani, because literally before I got on with you guys, I was like, you know what? I'm going to take a a look again at his baseball reference numbers from previous years. And I'm like, 240, he did hit 270 um, one of the – years i can't i can't remember what it was but it's like it's nothing over the top right and again he is going to be a bench player he's not going to be an everyday player in this lineup um it's something different though is he just a placeholder for romy gonzalez that could be too it could be too you know we don't know i socks are doing different things tony this is a whole new world we're stepping into here I'm interested, you know, you bring that up name up too, because we've got some other guys to like discuss on this, but Romy Gonzalez is one of them. And I feel like he like kind of like got off to a slow start. And once again, spring training is not end all be all, 
but Andre Alberto shot way it's where past he set him. the tone. And then, yeah, he set the tone early. And then Ro- Romy, as of late, has been putting on a push. And he's like hit like what, like three home runs in like the last week. But I don't think it's going to be enough to save him. Plus, he has minor league options. Yeah, I think that's the important part there, Johnny, is the minor league options that you've got for Romy Gonzalez. But that's why I ask, is he a placeholder? Is he just a guy that's going to fill that roster spot for right now? Offers that, you know, utility aspect of of his game. And then, you know, it, it eventually just becomes Romy's spot. I mean, he's he's also a guy that's, you know, had a few cups of coffee up with the major league team. I'd say that this is the best that we've seen Romy Gonzalez hitting is Johnny this last week. Um, but, uh, you know, it's it seems like it's Alberto's job at the moment. I just wonder how long of a leash he will have because you bring up, is he just the Pedro Grifol, uh, version of Larry Garcia, or is he going to be with this team all year? I think that that the jury's going to be out on that one. Yeah, it's a, and that's a guessing game, right? Like the guy could go, he could be on this team for through the middle of May and have a point eighty five batting average in a couple of his starts and a couple filling roles there, and we're going to be sitting here going, okay, we're done with this guy. Um, time to move on. Let's bring up Romy and see what happens. Um, I guess. You know, since we're talking about like the finalizing of the roster and all that, you know, does Billy Hamilton make this squad? He was another name, Sean, that I was just about to bring up here, too, because he offers one thing, really, and one thing only, and that's that's speed. Um, His glove will play in the outfield, but when you look at all of these other options, when you throw a name like Romy Gonzalez out there, when you throw a name like Jake Berger, who's had a very impressive spring training. Um, If Billy Hamilton makes the roster, he's going to be one of those guys that doesn't have those options to go back down. And if you do wind up in a spot where Billy Hamilton isn't seeing a lot of playing time, isn't being utilized in the way that he should be, he's sort of a waste of a roster spot. But, you know, when we brought him back, I think we all sat here and talked about how, you know, these rule changes are going to benefit a guy like Billy Hamilton. He's a weapon. I think that, you know, despite his numbers this spring, he still offers exactly what you you thought you were getting when you signed him. So it didn't really matter what his performance was. I mean, people are going to look at the spring numbers and say, why is this guy making the team? If he's making the team, it's because they brought him in here knowing exactly what they wanted him for in situational, uh, you know, just purely situational uh, instances uh, that they're going to use down the stretch. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, how often he is used because he's terrible at the plate right now. And yeah. I think we've all seen I, that. I, I, and we're I, not, we're not I, signing I, him for his bat, you know? Right. Now I was just going to bring up Adam Hazley that he needs to be in this conversation as well, because talk about guys that are, you know, putting on a show during spring training, he's been terrorizing cactus league pitching as of late as well. And I think he offers that versatility. I know he was kind of more corner outfield last year, but think about when Luis Robert needs a day off, who's going out to center field. Obviously you could throw Billy Hamilton out there. We know that defense would be fine. However, that's kind of a black hole as a lineup spot. Adam Hazley offers you a little bit more at the plate. Not saying it's, you know, uh, we, we not saying we should glorify him for a, a solid stretch of spring training action. Aren't you still mad at However, him, though, Johnny? Well, Adam Hazley? I know Sean is. I mean, he ended Danny Mendick's season and his time with the White Sox. So, I mean, that does leave a little bit of it's a gonna take, taste in my mouth. It's going to take a long time to get over that. He's going to have to hit some walk-off home runs, set off some fireworks for Tony. I'd take it. I'd take it. But, Johnny, it's an interesting name to bring up in this conversation. And I, I, I want to do, 
I want to talk about Billy Hamilton just real quick. I want to finalize that because Tony, you brought up the point of with the rule changes and and how he's going to be able to affect an, a, a baseball game. Man, you put him out as a pinch runner in the eighth and ninth. There's no more with these rule changes. There's really no more controlling the run game when you're a pitcher. You know, there used to be where it's like, yeah, I can throw over, I can throw a pitch, I can throw over. He, he kind of setting the the base runner up if you want to try and pick him off or whatever. There's no more of that. You get what two 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 disengagements. Two disengagements. So let's say we're playing Cleveland. It's the eighth eighth inning. You know, in a big game, we throw Billy Hamilton out there on first base. Guy throws over. You know, you take a couple pitches. Guy throws over twice. Let's say, okay, we know one one of the next couple pitches. Billy Hamilton for sure is going to steal that bag because he's going to be able to get a, a bigger lead. If you can only throw over twice, like right. he's well, gonna... just like I said, you can disengage a third time, but you have to get him. So if you really telegraph it, you then you could be caught in a pickle. Right. That's but all, he can get all. maybe get a little bit bigger. Like he can right. he yeah. can extend it just a little bit. Yeah. Um and there, you got the six extra inches too with the base. Yeah. So I, yeah. I for me, from a speed standpoint, you know, if we want to obviously we like ball go far, team go far aspects of things, right? But if you bring a little bit of that small ball into the into here, especially late in games when you're down a run or you need that that winning run, Billy Hamilton is a game changer with that with his speed. That's all he can do, right? He'll be able to play a decent outfield or you know enough. Um, he's not going to do anything at the plate. But man, you put him on the base path, base path, base path. Excuse me, it's a different game. Words are hard, Sean. No, but I they agree. Are. Though I, I they agree. Are. I, I, Talk about the element that you brought. I think Tony uh, kind of, you know, when he introduced it, in a way, he already summed that up by saying they know what they're getting with this guy. So, uh, and obviously with the new rules, um, it plays into his favor in that regard. So, um, once again, these are just the reports that we have right now on Sunday afternoon here as we're talking on Socks on Tap Sunday Fun Day. So, uh, to check out ontapsportsnet.com for more news as it rolls in, we'll keep you updated there. Guys, uh, with that in mind, I think we need to discuss Socks on Tap happenings for this year. We've got a few alterations uh, that we'll be making to the show this year. And I think Tony should explain some of those details here. Yeah, so first off, um, we'll still be bringing you guys post-game shows, um, except alteration of the schedule. There will be no Friday or Saturday night post-game shows. We'll we'll still keep the Sunday fun day. We'll recap the Sunday series or the weekend series on Sunday on an extended Sunday fun day show. Same regular post-game shows Monday through Thursday, Johnny. Um, and we'll have a, a nice rotating crew in here. Uh, Sean's going to be on the mic a little bit more. Uh, you'll hear from Besnick as well at Sox Insane. He's the guy who's been writing up all the recaps last year. You've heard him on the show a couple of times. Uh, they'll be joining um, into the rotation more uh, with the longtime staples who've been on the show for the past couple of years. Johnny, um, some other happenings. I'll, uh, you are the, uh, the resident tailgate expert here, so why don't you talk a little bit about tailgates that we've got coming up. Right. Yeah, we're um, obviously home opener. I think that's a given, right? So. Um... A, anytime you're out there in lot B, just look for the black on tap Sportsnet flag. Um, that's where you know, find the socks on tap crew out in lot B. But we're going to aim to try and organize some of these events a little bit more frequently, typically on Saturdays. Um, and we're going to try to aim for hopefully two a month. Obviously, that may be skewed. You know, you got a break with the all star break, say like July, something like that. 
but we're going to aim for it. We're, we're going to shoot for it, see if we can make it work, uh, even if it's just to get together, um, you know, with, with some people that want to meet up, drink some beers, talk sacks uh, before heading into a game. Uh, and we're also doing it up big, uh, like we do for a home opener every year. So I'm really looking forward to that, guys. Um, so once again, make sure you follow us on Twitter uh, and Instagram uh, at ONTAP Sportsnet, at Socks on Tap. Um, and look for the, the black on tip Sportsnet flag uh, in, in lot B uh, when the tailgates are going down. So um, uh, other than that, we, we got some news, socks on tap related news. Um, I was proud to be able to tweet it out um, on Saturday morning, you know, after the White Sox named their starting rotation for the season on Friday, socks on tap development on Saturday morning, breaking Tony and NWI Steve have been named opening night post game hosts. Tony, how do you feel about the honor? You know, Johnny, first off, I mean, I'd like to thank everybody here. I uh, thank all the listeners. Um, I- I'm very happy to be uh, alongside NWI Steve this Thursday. We'll actually be uh, on scene, on location at Casa de Marchese. We're going to watch the ball game together, throw a couple of beers back, and then uh, we'll be doing a live show uh, at the conclusion of the game. Um, first post game show, new season for Socks on Tap. Very excited. Um, we're going to try and hashtag set the tone as Steve likes to say. Um, and hopefully we're talking about a white Sox winner, but, uh, Johnny, I'm, I'm honored. Um, I know Steve is not with us today. He's, he's off on business, but, uh, I, I think he also shares the, uh, the appreciation for being named, uh, uh opening day, uh, post-game co-host alongside myself. So, um, I was chatting with him just before we got on the show. We're, we're ready. Uh, we'll be bringing, uh, our a game hopefully uh and uh, like i said talking about a white Sox winner and drinking victory beers is very much what i'm looking forward to do guys especially against jose abreu and the houston astros so um looking forward to it right i just want to say congratulations uh, to you guys for being named and uh i'll be back uh for lance linday and when his turn comes up so uh second you know night of the year after a day full of zz top uh in you know Guts and nuts, grit, fire, passion, and TWTW. I'll be on talking about a Lance Lynn win on Friday. So, Sean, you can get in on opening weekend stuff. That's all the other thing, too. We just said that schedule, and you're probably going to be like, well, why yes. are they doing this over the weekend? <laughs> opening weekend exception. Uh, it's been a while since we brought you post game shows, so we will do all of the opening weekend, uh, and then we will revert to our normal, our announced schedule of Monday through Thursday and then Sunday fun days. So, Sean, going to so, get in on this action as, here? As, as far as opening weekend goes, um, I will be in the state of Illinois uh, next week, but my sister uh, is getting married next Friday. Um, rehearsal dinner on Thursday during opening day. This is uh, punishable. This is illegal. This is wow. What? So I will be. Uh, I'll be following along. I'll be following the game along and and stuff like that throughout the rehearsal dinner and 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 all that. Um, and then I'll be coming back here to Des Moines Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening at some point. Uh, and then I have planning a golf tournament on Sunday. So a lot happening during opening weekend for me. Um, but yeah, no, I, uh, I didn't even realize either. I just realized or realized about a month ago that her rehearsal dinner was going to be on oh. opening day. I, this is what you call a rough scene. I this think is, need, and here's the here's the you, problem. If, if, if you make it through that completely competently, I think you need brother of the year award. It, it won't happen. It won't happen. But okay. here here's the issue. That's like, acceptable the, too. Just this, this is a I'm family not. of White Sox fans. So like even the family, you know the you know who she's marrying, White Sox fans. 
So it's it's this is gonna be tough, tough scene. How did you like? How did this not get straightened out earlier, Sean? I don't I don't know. I don't how, have a say in this. this. I don't, yeah, this I don't have bad. a say in this. this I'm just bad. okay. This is where I got to be. All right, sounds good. Yeah. So. Well, we'll feel we feel for you, Sean. I think we'll. Uh, I'll, I'll 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 be engaged as much as I can. I'll be I'll be following along as much as I'm I'm allowed to. Um, you know, I don't know if there's going to be rules, spec you know, rules put down for me or for anything like that. On a holiday, this is. I'm with you. It's my favorite day of the year. But I'll be well, I'll be uh, maybe giving a speech or something. I don't know. It's all right. Well, T's and P's is Sean for opening day, but thanks, uh, boys. at least you'll, at least you'll be able to catch the back. Is he is he starting the season on the IL, Johnny? Uh, we might have to uh, stay tuned at Sox on tap on Twitter for further roster. Sounds about right. As it relates to the show. Um, but Sean, I know, you know, you're up in the air for next weekend, but we got you here today and we got to talk some predictions for the 2023 Chicago White Sox season. And we've got a number of categories. Uh, we're going to go through them. Um, each panelist here, give our prediction, explain a little bit, and maybe we'll have some banter about some of these answers if there's some off-the-wall stuff going on here. So I just want to start it off, and very simple one. It's a number you're going to answer with. How many wins will the White Sox have in 2023? 86. 88. 90. Good for Ooh. you, Nani. Good for you. I couldn't Are, get there. Is he I getting up get for there. the letdown, Sean? Is he getting yes. up for the letdown with this? My original. So I actually, I took the time and I wrote, like, wrote it all down on a piece yeah. of paper here, I, you know, I wanna, trying to be, or, trying to be organized. And I couldn't put the nine and the zero. I just, I couldn't right. do it. I, and understandable. However, I want to explain this a little bit. I, I want to, you know, get, get your guys' takes on too, why you guys might be a little below this. I was reminiscing on last year and it was very disappointing all throughout, right? Because we had high expectations for this team coming off a division championship, um, getting a taste of the playoffs. I know it was mostly a route, but the electricity of that, you know, game three back in 2021 gave you hope, right? And it's like, man, we want this atmosphere again. We crave it. We want to get back here and, you know, revamp, reload, go back and do it again. This is supposed to be our competitive window. Last year happens, things unfold, bad vibes in the locker room, tons of injuries. You've got the Tony LaRusso situation, all of that stuff. Um, you got the Dallas Keuchel drama, all of that shit. Underperformance from so many guys that couldn't hit the ball out of the ballpark all year. And yet that team still found a way to win 81 games. In the moment, terrible, unacceptable, worst season in White Sox history. That's what we're saying. That's the narrative. However, that cast of characters is mostly returning, mostly healthy to start the year, as far as we know right now was able to string together 81 wins. I have faith that they can get nine more this year with hopefully some of the bounce backs, um, you know, resurgence, better vibes, just fresh outlook, right? Sometimes you just need a new face, new voice. That's where I'm at. And that's why I sit at 90. I like it, Johnny. I think the, the thing for me is, you know, the new schedule, um, you're not going to have as many games against the Kansas City Royals or the Detroit Tigers. I think that's normally a good thing. Win. I think that's a I good think, thing because it gets them the on their game, and you got to bring it every though. day because we'd play down. The Royals kick the shit out of us for whatever yeah, reason. That's true. That's it doesn't true. matter how good we are. The Royals always dominate us. So less games against the Royal. That's a that's you, you, a, that's you know a when we go in, in like it's always like late August or early September, and we go to Kansas City for that four game series, and we're sitting there 
on the fourth game, that day game, getaway day, and we're always hoping to fucking salvage one. That's how it goes in White Sox land. Yeah, that's that's what you would call that. That's so White Sox, Johnny. That's that's exactly what the that soxy, is. But I th- very soxy. I think I think that there's there's just gonna be a little bit of a hill to climb to get that nine down on that piece of paper, as Sean said. I, I think that there's still gonna be games that you would not have had to have played against some of these teams, um, you know, especially on the NL side that, uh, you know, they're going to have a little bit of a, a tougher hill to climb than they have in the past. We'll see how, you know, Pedro Grafal shakes out. Um, but, you know, one thing that sort of got me scared early on is Pedro Grafal saying things like, you know, I'm going to keep this batting order the same. And we've sat on this show and talked about why, you know, Tim Anderson and Luis Robert in one, two with Andrew Benintendi three doesn't, you know, feel great to us. You know, that said, if that's what he's going to roll out there. Okay. We'll see if it works. I hope it works. Uh, but I still think that there's things that need to be sort of ironed out. And then my X factor to this, Johnny, you're not going to have Liam Hendricks closing ball games for you for the first portion of this season. And I think that, you know, for a team that, really relied on him to shut the door for the last couple of years here. The back in the back half of some of these ball games could get a little bit interesting. Um, and so if they choke away a few of them uh, early on, it, it's going to be a little bit difficult to make up some of that ground. So I don't think that they, you know, pass that 90, but I do think they're going to be in play uh, for the top of the division. Sean, I'll turn to you. Yeah. And, and it's kind of why I didn't get to the 90 and I, I'm with you, Nani. I think that these guys are going to get, I hate saying this, but because we're relying on it, but I think you're going to see those bounce backs, right? Um, this is, you know, as of right now, like you said, this team is healthy. Um, knock on wood, because that can all change very quickly, as we've learned over the last few seasons. Um, but I just, yeah, it, getting to that 90, I don't think it's going to take 90 wins to win this division. You know, um, I think they're projected at what was it like not to get into all stat nerd stuff, but what, 84 wins or something like that? Or, or was it less than that? I don't 75. I don't know. But I like the 88. I think it's a, they can do it as long as these guys stay on the field. The biggest thing is these guys stay on the field. And it is cliche to say, but they are way too talented to not get there. Right. The issue has been health. They haven't been healthy, at least their core group, right? You know, the, the guys that have been here, Luis Robert Jr. now, uh, Tim Anderson, Eloy, Yuan Mencada, Yaz. Yaz, you know, apparently is in the greatest shape of he's ever been in. Um, you know, so if these guys can just do what they do, that's an easily an 80-win team, you know? At least, I, you know, I, I believe so. Now things can change, but... Yeah, I think I feel comfortable with the 88, and I do have them winning the division with the 88. Okay. All right. That's good to know. Uh, we'll, we'll move on to our next topic here, Tony. We're, we're documenting these so we can come back and either laugh at ourselves or say what <laughs> Cold takes. we were at the end of the season. Um, Tony, you had 86, right? Okay. Sean, 88. I had 90. All right. Bookmark that. <laughs> That's down here. Let's move on to our next prediction for the 2023 White Sox season, and that is Team MVP. Tony, start us off. I mean, I really want to go with, you know, somebody near and dear to my heart, but that's that's probably not going to be the Lori team. Garcia? MVP. No, I was going to go with my Is boy. Is he making Gavin. the roster? <laughs> Gavin Sheets. Uh no, I'm I'm actually going to I'm actually going to say 
Yoan Moncada. I actually am going to throw that out into the universe and say Yoan Moncada is your team MVP. Um, I think he's going to have one of those bounce back years like you guys have talked about. Um, you know, maybe twenty, not maybe not twenty nineteen esque, but but close to that. And I think that he'll hit very situationally this year. He got the good start out of the WBC. If we can avoid things like concussion protocols and uh, you know keep ourselves on the field for a full season. I think Yohan Moncada could be this team MVP. I think it's time for him to step up and be the leader. He was one of the first guys up here outside of Tim Anderson in this rebuild. Um, and, you know, Jose Abreu's gone. So this is these are Yohan's guys now. Um, and it's time to step up, man up, and, and be that guy. Be the phenom. Yeah, for me, it's I'm going, I battled between this one. Um, it was a battle between Yohan Moncada or Tim Anderson, and I went with Tim Anderson. Um, I liked what I seen from him in the world baseball classic. He played in those big games, got that feel. And we've learned as Tim Anderson goes with this team, this team goes, you know, when he's setting the tone as the leadoff hitter, hitting his base hits to right field, coming up in those big moments, this offense goes, um, I think he's going to play a decent enough shortstop. He's not going to win. a. I would love for him to win a gold glove, but I'm also a realist here. Um, I think he's going to be able to win a gold glove or not win a gold glove, excuse me, um, play a good enough defense to set the tone and, and do just it. enough. <laughs> I've said a little lot. alarm whenever someone says set the tone. I, I, I've said it a lot today. It's, it's, it's ingrained in my head. Um, but yeah, Tim Anderson for me. So we got, we got our guy NWI, Steve, probably checking in from some airport. Um, he's saying, so TA is the guy that will set the tone. That's what Steve asks. And I answer yes, because I doubled down with Sean. Tim Anderson will be your team MVP of the 2023 Chicago White Sox for all the reasons that Sean listed. I don't know if I'm as bullish on his defense there. However, I am at bullish about his energy, his leadership. Um, I think having the World Baseball Classic experience is something that will light a fire underneath this guy and just play with more joy, more, more energy for the game. And don't get me wrong, being healthy is part of that, too. you gotta, you got to be able to stay healthy. We know we had the injury at the end of last year um, that knocked him out. So being back, being healthy, having to move over to second base for another superstar, right? Never going to say it. And he's, yeah, I just want to be in. I want to play. And, you know, he hit, he hit well himself. Yeah. But there's a re- if he was the better option there, he would have played short, and they would have moved Seager over to second, right? For sure. That's a little kind of stuff that I think will help motivate him. And I've said this before, if White Sox players go to the World Baseball Classic and they perform well and they do well and it you know sets the tone for the season, then it's great and I love it. But if they go and they play like shit or if they get injured, then it's an absolute Mickey Mouse exhibition tournament that doesn't mean anything. So <laughs> we're going with the first one there. Um, and Tim Anderson had himself a good tournament. So um, we'll, we'll rely on that. And I just think, you know, you, you got to have the swagger. You got to have the energy. Um, I, I know that there was mixed reports about what was going on, but I think he'll be free to be more of that team leader, outspoken, vocal. Um, and Pedro Griffol will be a guy that has to sit back and let him do that because Pedro Griffol still doesn't know how the fuck to manage a clubhouse himself right now. It's going to be relied upon from uh, veterans on this team. So Tim Anderson, team MVP. All right, let's move on to our next uh Season prediction for the White Sox. Who will be the team Cy Young in 2023? 
Sean's gonna love this one. Um, and, and I, I have my don't reasons. Don't do it to me, Tony. Don't. I have do it my to reasons. Me. Lucas Giolito is gonna be the Cy Young of this team in 2023 contract year. Um, you know, he lost a lot of weight. Uh, changes to the delivery. I think he's the most hotly debated pitcher in this rotation. I still think you're going to have a, a pretty solid season out of Dylan Cease. It's going to be sort of hard to replicate his successes last year. If he does, that's only better for us. Uh, Lance Lynn, you know, he's he's the veteran mainstay, um, you know, but his stuff isn't overly exciting. I think Kopech still has some work to do to get to, you know, team Cy Young levels, although I fully believe he's got the filthiest stuff here. Clevenger sort of your question mark. I think Lucas Giolito starts to put it back together, sort of the same way you see Yohan Mankata have these up and down years. Uh, Lucas Giolito seems to be the pitcher version of that. So I'm going to go with Lucas Giolito. And part of the reason that I'm taking it is just because I know Sean is going to hate that pick. So I will go to Sean for his. Lucas Giolito. Lucas Giolito is my my team Cy Young guy this year. And it's a lot of everything that you just said, though, Tony. Um, this rotation is going to need him. This rotation needs him desperately because we don't have that that massive depth, right? And, and Giolito, like you said, is in a contract year. What do we see when it comes to contract year? These guys go out and ball out. Um, is he still going to have the whiny – a woes me. Why am I giving up six runs in the first every now and then? Yeah. You're going to see those facial reactions and all that because that's ingrained in him. That's just who he is. That's not going anywhere. Um, but I do think he's going to be a better pitcher this season. Um, at least again, this is a prediction show. This is what, what I, I hope for. Um, and again, it's one of those things. If the white Sox are going to be successful this season, Lucas Giolito, needs to be successful successful i'm not saying he needs to be the lucas giolito that we saw a couple years ago that would be great but i don't that's not coming back because spider tax gone so or the <laughs> sticky stuff's gone so that's not happening both, but both, I do of you think, pick, both of you to pick then since they're doing increased checks this year but i but i do think he's going to be a better pitcher and and i know that's gonna anyone that has followed me or especially in our group chat and stuff like i I think a lot of poor things about Lucas Giolito, but I do believe that in order for this team to be where we want them all to be, he needs to be a huge part of that. This is the upset of the year. This is bigger than fucking <laughs> the 16-1 NCAA tournament upset that happened earlier. <laughs> Sean, you guys don't understand the kind of vitriol that Sean spews about Lucas Giolito uh, in private messages. Shit, he does it on it's his good. own Twitter, too. It's going to continue. You should, you should, it's going to continue. You should see it. It could be a day when he's not even starting, and somehow the, the conversation loops back to Lucas Giulio. So I am shocked that both of you picked them, and I'm just going to go with the logical one, and it's Mr. Dylan Cease. I don't know if he's going to be as good as he was last year, but even if he's just slightly worse, that's still by far the best pitcher on the team. It's Dylan Cease. I was actually debating he could be the MVP because you need that stability. However, I like to award that to someone who's on the field every single day. But Dylan Cease, we know he was the Cy Young in the league runner-up, not just the White Sox Cy Young as we're doing our team predictions here. 
He was the Cy Young runner-up in the whole league, uh, American League last year. Uh, one of the best pitchers in the game, inexplicable all-star snub, but that doesn't matter because he went out there every fifth day and did his job, struck out a lot of guys. Yes, he does need to improve some walks. Um, I think there's that's kind of a staff-wide thing, though, as our guy NWI Steve wrote up at ontapsportsnet.com a couple days ago. Um, but, I mean, Dylan Cease, is, he arrived last year, and now he's here to stay. And I hope he's here to stay for the long term. Obviously, there's still a few more years to go with that, but he's the type of guy that you anchor a rotation with. So Dylan Cease, Team Cy Young in 2023. Love it, Ani. Love it. All right. Team reliever of the year. Remember, no Liam Hendricks to begin the 2023 season. Not official, but we all know that is going to be the case. Um, they said they would withhold uh, announcing anything specifically uh, from the team until opening day. So we'll find out more exactly about him in the coming days. So wish the best for Liam, uh, you know, in his recovery. Hope he gets back ASAP. But until then, going to have to have some guys step up and fill the void the end of the year, who ends up being the reliever of the year for the White Sox in 2023. It's, it's sort of hard to pick Liam Hendricks, but obviously if we see him, he's uh, he's got the best stuff out of anybody in this pen um, and going to serve in the most valuable role. The it, It'd be really easy to go with Kendall Graveman right now, but I want to say Joe Kelly. I don't know why I want to say Joe Kelly. But I think that Joe Kelly is going to find himself in a lot of high leverage roles. Um, it's going to be hard for him to sort of bounce back, but he's that veteran guy that did not have a great year last year. Um, so I don't know. I'm just going to take a shot in the dark and say Joe Kelly. You know, I, I think a little bit of it is Tony because we all want to like Joe Kelly. We like, do. We, all, we do. We, we, we want. We want, th- we want him to be the guy that was sticking his tongue out at uh, Carlos Correa, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, be able to walk the, you know, walk the walk behind it too, not just. Talk we want the, the. We want the cocky asshole, right? Like that's the Joe Kelly that we all want, and we didn't get that last year. We were robbed of it because uh, he struggled so much. So I'm. I, I like that, Tony. I'm going to go Ronaldo Lopez um, because I think with the, with Liam Hendricks missing to start the year. Um, and, and I don't know what kind of role late in the game Lopez is going to have, but, man, if he ends up being that sixth, seventh-inning guy, potential fill-in every now and then in the night, I would like to see him get a chance. I know Graveman is probably going to be the guy to do it, but I would like to see Lopez get a chance. Um, the guy was awesome last year um, out of the pen, and once he kind of had that set role, we really saw him succeed. So I, I'd like to see him year two here in the bullpen and, and really dominate. Guys, you're making it tough, and I feel like I'm just copying, but I'm going to go with Raylo, too. I will say, I'll mention that an honorable mention for this, maybe a dark horse is a better word for it, would be Jimmy Lambert, because I do think you'll get some nice length out of him, uh, and it will be an underappreciated aspect. Maybe not as much at the end of games, but helping bridge that gap, say, uh, need some help when starters, especially I think early on in the season uh, when starters can't go as long, still building up. Um, Jimmy Lambert would be a dark horse here, but I got to agree with Sean. When I go and think about it at the end of the year, especially with Liam out, you need someone to step up, and it's going to have to be by committee. They've talked about doing that. Pedro Grafol has talked about that. Those guys in the pen themselves have talked about it. But one guy who will probably never speak up too, too much might give you a nice reaction after the fact. But he just goes out there and does his job. What he gave up only like one home run all of last year. Ronaldo Lopez became locked down uh, in high leverage situations. And with Pedro Grafol's approach to this, you'll see him in multiple situations with the no set closer thing to begin the year. You might see him close out a few games, but I think more, you know, if the top of the order is coming up, 
and it's favorable matchups handedness wise. Um, he's going to be the guy that gets the ball. We need a right-hander there. Um, you know, instead of, I think last year, that was more Kendall Graveman, right? As we were approaching. Yeah. I love, the, I love well. the parody here from, from Grafol on, you know, I'm going to, I like the same lineup every day. No set closer though. Yeah. Oh yeah. You can tell he's done it, this before, Tony. Pitching been around the block a time. Different or two. game. All right, guys, let's move on to our next category here. And that will be, oh man, we've got a bunch of characters uh, lined up for this one. Pick almost anyone on the roster, essentially, but bounce back player of the year. We'll bounce back in the biggest way for the White Sox in 2023 after an abysmal 2022. Man, I was gonna, I was gonna go with Larry Garcia here, but I think that would that one got taken out back and shot That's before we started the show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> I'm gonna go with Yasmani Grandal. Um, I think I have to. Um, you know, as as Sean said, best shape of his life. Uh, this is a guy that uh, I believe he was quoted saying he needs more bat drops this year, and I want to see the same thing because I know that those provide fireworks. Uh, they make Johnny happy. Uh, they're visually appealing to people. Um, but I think more from the bounce back side, having him on the field and actually catching uh, the most games is going to be very beneficial for the White Sox. So if he's in the lineup um, and, and play some solid defense this season, I think that's going to bode well. I'm going to be watching his defense just as much as the bat here, boys, uh, because, you know, Sebi Zavala, I think, has a little bit of an edge as, as a defensive catcher, uh, but the, there's not a very large gap to close there. Yasmati Grandal has to be just an absolute stud for this team to, you know, really, really do well. And I feel like we've, we've said this about a lot of guys, right? There's so much bounce back. There's so much stay healthy. There's so much stay on the field, but this is what Steve warned us about. Yes, exactly. And that's, that's, that's why it's hard to get to the 90 that we talked about earlier, Sean. Um, There's, there's going to have to be, you know, almost you know 90 games of Yasmani Grandal behind the plate if not more and if he yeah. if he if he does that I would say that you can write him in as bounce back player of the year so I'll turn it to Sean yes yes was my my pick um you know he's yeah we need him he's our starting catcher we need him to to be out there he needs to be able to control the staff um and this and our bullpen and all that but man i'm looking at more from the offensive standpoint and everything you said tony about the defensive side of things yes we need all that from yaz and and he needs to be out there offensively though man we missed his power we missed him to, it's just being healthy and i think this year at least so far through spring training, everything we've seen, everything we've read, he's that proto. Like he is going to, he's the he's the poster boy for a bounce back player of the year, right? Um, but this team, just like you know, when I talked about Giolito, like in order for this team to be successful, when I look at a bounce back player, Yaz needs to be the biggest bounce back player of the year for this team. And they're like Nani said when he introduced it, man. You go, there's so many guys you could choose. From Pick here. so many, yeah. But I I look at it as look at it as importance and Yaz is that that one A or one B type type guy for for bounce back. All right, I love it, and that's obviously a really strong pick. So you know you see some of these trends forming right when multiple guys here on the show are picking the same guy, and I think that's logical for you know. So, so and we didn't share these, by the way, people. Right, we yeah. didn't share these at all. For, this for is... the record, 
I'm going to go with someone that was named an MVP earlier, and that's Yohan Moncada. Now, I think, Tim, just an overall impact standpoint and on team morale, taking all things into account, right, will, will be my MVP. But as far as bounce back player guys that had a dog shit season last year, I'm sorry, that's what I call it. You can go and nitpick the stats all you want for what the sky is potential is for the, the tease that we saw in 2019. Yohan Mankata needs to get back to that consistently, especially at the plate. I don't want the, the, you know, the, the slumps, the, the all that it's going to happen every once in a while, but man, more consistency, more power, more pop from these guys, this team, this lineup was built to hit home runs and Yohan Mankata is a big part of it. He's not the biggest part, but he is a significant consistent contributor and he can do it from both sides of the plate um i like what i saw he made the all world baseball classic team and uh, now i know of course now as i make this pick and i had it in mind before and we see he exited after two innings today i'm gonna go ahead and assume that's precautionary um hope it's it is curse the nani curse yeah i mean you know he started last year on the uh il with an oblique issue that took like a month and a half plus um to recover from Hopefully set the tone with something a little bit, uh, you know, more clean uh, from the start here. Uh, and that's able to help him get in a groove. So um, I'll, I think he has, he could go Luis Robert. And I know not all of that was on him because he was on pace for a good season before suffering that injury. So you could include him in that, but I'll go with you on Mankata in terms of expectation versus actual output, um, you know, last year to this year. So, all right, let's move on to our next category. Got some new faces in the building, in the clubhouse. Newcomer of the year for the White Sox in 2023. I think this one's sort of the the obvious choice in in Andrew Benintendi. Um, this guy signed the largest contract in White Sox history. Um, but I, I don't think that, uh, you know, with that said, I don't think it's going to be absolutely an outstanding year where he's jumping off the charts. I do think he provides this team with sort of what they need. And I wish he was hitting in the two hole. I'll keep saying that over and over again, but um, a guy that's going to drive the baseball uh, higher on base percentage, put the ball in play kind of guy. I think his power will play a little bit better this year um, hitting at guaranteed rate than it did last season. Um, You know, he's played in the division for a little while, but he's also uh, played in the AL East. So we talk about guys that uh, were AL East guys a lot. And uh, it's just he's played that level of competition, albeit maybe not up to par. That's why Boston parted ways with him eventually. But he's still got that pedigree. And guys, I think that this is somebody that the Sox have had on their radar for a very, very long time. Uh, sort of a Kenny always gets his man uh, type guy, but you're going to see better defensive play in left field, something that we've asked for for years upon years. Um, somebody who's going to be a top of the lineup guy. Um, he has to perform. It it's, goes back to the same thing. We sound like broken fucking records here, but he's another guy that has to perform um, on a day in day out basis. And, you know, he's got the paycheck that's going to tell him that he has to. So hopefully we get what we we want out of Andrew Benintendi. And I think if he performs at, you know, sort of his career standard levels, he's the he's the easiest shot. He's probably got the best odds to be newcomer of the year. So I'll take the safe play on this one. John. Yeah, and see, this is the thing, Tony and and Nani, like with the White Sox, when it comes to newcomers, 
because we're fans of the White Sox, we usually don't have a lot of newcomers to choose from because we don't supplement our roster enough to add four to to six guys for depth purposes or to get that largest contract ever. So we get like two or three guys to choose from. And Benintendi's a great choice. And yeah, he's the slam dunk, right? Biggest contract in White Sox history. My newcomer of the year, and I'm not trying to be some hot take guy or, or a dickhead, but Mike Clevenger. Mike Clevenger is my newcomer of the year. It. He's gonna he's gonna be he's gonna be in the back end of this rotation, right? He's gonna start every other you know five days. It's a one year deal. The guy's gonna go out there. Say he wins ten to thirteen games. Mike Clevenger wins ten to thirteen games. We are close to that ninety win mark. Easily. Um, I'm also intrigued, you know, how he handles himself here, right? Because in within the media, obviously we know throughout this fan base, at least if you go off of White Sox Twitter, he's the most hated man in America. And how dare us have him on our roster? Well, listen, MLB dropped everything. There's He's not charged with anything that we know of, right? Like, he's our fifth starter. So, like it or not, the man's taking the ball for the White Sox. And if we want this team to be successful because they didn't go out and sign another starting pitcher, they didn't go out and be like, hey, you know what, uh, this is weird, we're going to let him go, let's bring in another starting pitcher. They didn't do any of that. So, we need him to succeed. You know, looking at just the baseball aspect of things, Mike Clevenger, to me, is going to be the newcomer of the year because he's the storyline to follow. We need him to succeed, you know, so – all right, and also I want to just mention before I give mine that these are some there's some personal bias built into this, at least on my end. I like to try and think about things objectively. Andrew Benintendi's not going to hit enough home runs for my liking, and I know he's coming off a year in which he didn't did some different things, you know, and he moved teams in between in the middle of the year at the trade deadline and all that. You'd usually, I would guess, you'd usually be a lock for that. But when you sign the largest contract free agent in history, you're an everyday outfielder. I expect a little more pop from you, and he's not going to provide it at the level I want. So that's why guys like Yohan Moncada, Luis Robert, Eloy Jimenez will be picking him up in that department. Might do some other things well, but not enough for me to say newcomer of the year. So I have to agree with Sean, Mike Clevenger. Um, I've watched his starts in spring training, and yes, there, there's some issues that I think all guys are still working through. Um, I think, you know, giving up the long ball a couple of times, leaving, you know, command, leaving some pitches over the plate. But my fuck, when he gets that breaking ball going, <laughs> curveball, absolute hammer, absolute hammer. And that's my favorite pitch in the game is a 12-6 hammer curveball. And my God, he induced a couple of swords that were just disgusting, just disgusting. We always used to talk about C7, the hammer, and now obviously the slider is one of his best pitches that it. When he's on, if he can command that, I know he's finally cleared up some health issues here, too, um, that were kind of hindering him with bad results there uh, in San Diego. But the movement on this shit is nasty. You figure out some of that command, get working, get into a rhythm there. And that is a pretty damn good, you know, I I consider fifth starter. I know he's in the fourth spot in the rotation, but I think that's just because the buildup. We'd all consider Michael Kopech, right, the fourth in terms of, you know, um, right, ability, right, right on this list right now, but with the way it's lined up, you know, so fourth starter, I guess you could say there, just filling that on the back end of a rotation. Um, I like the potential on the one year deal, and he's one that can surprise. Whereas your expectations for Ben Intendi, whether it's fair or not, are sky high because he's got the biggest contract in White Sox history, and that's Jerry Reinsdorf's fault, but right, 
that's just the way I see it. So that's me, my personal view, Mike Clevenger, newcomer of the year in 2023. Do you notice one thing going that all three of us keep saying in order for this team to do this, these guys have to play at a certain level or succeed. And part of it kind of goes back to what I was saying. Like we don't supplement this roster enough to where it's like, Hey, yeah, Yuan Mankata can have an off year. He can hit 220 and, and, or whatever. Like, we can't have that because yeah. we have nothing else. I, we Sean, have, I, I like to believe, just not to cut you off there, but I like to believe that with so many guys having a down season at the same time last year, we at least, not everybody's going to be back to normal this year, but you reciprocate a little bit. Maybe you get yeah, a yeah. walk, right? Yeah, for sure. For sure. There's some baseball just, gods we, magic at play here. Yeah, we got to hope. We yeah. got to hope. I mean, that was that was unprecedented, especially with the power outage. I couldn't believe it with this lineup that was absolutely built at home runs. So uh, part of that was the approach, too. I know part of it was the approach. Don't get me wrong. And now we've got a different, you know, approach coming in here. But, man, I I just could not believe the lack of home runs. Shit, nobody got to 20 last year. That's sad. I digress. Let's move on to the next one. Unfortunately, we're getting a little negative 90 year. Uh, Biggest letdown player for the White Sox in 2023. Dylan Cease. We go with Dylan Cease. I think that, uh, as I said earlier, um, Dylan Cease having that type of year last year only lends to him being a letdown this year for a lot of people. Um, if he comes out and doesn't replicate that, you're going to have a lot of people screaming, what What the fuck is wrong with Dylan Cease? Um, spring wasn't exactly kind to him in, in a lot of different ways. Then again, it is it is spring training. Steve might crucify me for saying that because that's where you hashtag set the tone. But I think that Dylan sees to sort of set up on that table right here where if he doesn't replicate it, he's a letdown. So I'm going to go Dylan sees. I'm going to go Elvis Andrews. Um, I, you know. And, and it's not like it's going to be some huge letdown. I just think he came on the scene in that last month last year and he, he was so hot right so hot and every white Sox fan i think the three of us included were kind of like you, you got to bring him back you got to bring him back i like that he's going over to play second base i think that's a that's good for him i don't know if we're going to see what we saw offensively from him what we saw last year right so i i hope we do you know but i just think it's 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 going to be hard for him to replicate that so from a letdown standpoint, we might be let down just a little bit by our man, Alice Andrews. Sean, he did his coming back down to the earth at the end of the campaign for me. I know that there was kind of that fever dream of that early September stretch when we went on that West Coast road trip and he was smacking around his former team and the Mariners um, up there in the Pacific Northwest. Um, after that, though, he came back down to earth. You saw the real Elvis Andrews bat in play. So my this, is once again, goes in the personal kind of uh, take, and I am – level level-headed about elvis andrews um I'll, for my biggest letdown player on the white Sox in 2023 without a doubt will be oscar colas any tweet about this guy the defenders come rushing in it's my starting uh you know my opening day starting right fielder and let's hand this guy the job and how fucking well has that gone that we've handed guys jobs straight up from being called up as this top field prospect and guess what our uh you know our farm system ain't shit for the record. So saying he's the top, you know, he, he's the, the, what the tallest midget, right? Um, <laughs> I, I'm sorry, guys. I, I need to see more from him. And I think he's going to, he's going to have these struggles, these first year struggles. 
And there's going to be a lot of swing and miss. There's going to be a lot of swing and miss. The defense will be all right when he gets in. But my God, he is not going to be the offensive contributor right off the bat uh, that we all hope that he can be um, because we're not the Houston Astros. We're not the Los Angeles Dodgers. We don't have a good player development system. I know uh, Daryl Van Scowen wrote an article that said, you know, White Sox player development doesn't stop at the minor league level. No, you're right. It stops the moment they get signed. The moment they join the organization is when player development stops with the White Sox. So, this is the guy that said we're going to have 90 wins, Sean. Don't get up. Hey, there's going to be other <laughs> contributors that pull that pull the weight there, Tony. Oh, you, you're you just going to lean on Oscar Colas completely all year? Absolutely nope. not. That I'm the, I'm the one. Impede, there's a clip of me your, talking about how bad this guy's going to be because I've bought this that, car before. That would that would impede your Gavin Sheets, uh, you know, the whole, whole thing there. If it he would. I, I want more at-bats for Sheets. I th- yeah, I think the issue for the White Sox, right, at least in our group of of guys, is we've seen this before. Like the we're like you can't Tony, sell yeah. you can't sell a player to me anymore in our in our farm system. It's funny like, you're you gonna have to come up and, and and prove it. You said exactly what Tony and you weren't even on that episode, but Tony said that. I've, I've bought this car just, before, right? From yeah, this used like I, car dealership, right? I just, I'm not going to make me back in. I'm just, I'm not going to listen to it anymore. I hope he comes up and he's, he's God's gift to baseball. I do. Cause man, do we need it? It'd be nice. But for the last seven yeah, years, I, I really like apologize. I, I was just going to say, I really apologize to the crowd, the, the Twitter crowd that uh, won't use their actual profile picture or name and hides behind burners and, um, you know, is edgy, edgelord there. They're the types that are, you know, the, on the prospect hype train, the, the revenge bandwagon, sort of that type. Nah, not happening. He's going to have some growing pains as he comes in. And that's not to say that he won't be a good major league player eventually, but expecting that in a season in which we need to be competitive immediately that's a little bit too much pressure for me. So where the expectations are versus what you'll actually get, Oscar Colas will be the biggest letdown player. That's my take. It's good, Nani. All right. Next one. Best defender. Don't have to go too long on this one. I was going to say Elvis Andrews. Um, I love the glove. I think it plays. He's a professional baseball player. I know Sean said, you know, biggest letdown. I think that that comes from the bat. But in offensively, of, yeah. In, in terms of defense, I'm going to go Elvis Andrews. Uh, Luis Robert Jr. Um, guy is, you know, we talked prospects just a second ago. Uh, this is a guy that was an MVP candidate last year, offensively and defensively. When healthy, this guy can run all over the field, gap to gap, covers so much ground. Um, hopefully he doesn't take a couple plays off this year and drop pop-ups and all that stuff. But um, he's got the potential to be a gold glover. He really does, man. And so... Uh, Luis Robert Jr. will be my uh, defender of the year. I, I debated that one, Sean, uh, and I know that he had a really good uh, 2020 season in the shortened campaign. Um, I just wonder how it holds up uh, over 162 because that was only the real season that we kind of saw gold glove, platinum glove caliber. So we know that the potential is within there, but there's, you know, injuries to consider possibly there. Um, I'm going to go with you on Moncada. And uh, part of what will make him my bounce back player of the year as well is continuing that consistent defense because sure, Moncada had a down year at the plate last year. One thing that stayed consistent was the defense and that was through all of the ailments. Shit. I, I got to think if he's healthy, um, they're relatively healthy uh, compared to, you know, some of what we've seen in years past, 
that's only going to continue. And I saw him make an incredible diving snag uh, in the World Baseball Classic that tells me that he's, you know, locked in, ready to go again at third base. So, um, and also, I think there's something to be said for the comfortability of settling into that position because you got to remember, he came up, started at third, got bounced over to second base, settling back into there and really becoming what he can be fully uh, at that position on the diamond. Um, I'll leave that for him, best defender on the team. On to our next subject, uh, prediction time here. White Sox home run leader for 2023. Gavin Sheets. I got to pick him for something. And uh, I'm pretty <laughs> sure he had I'm pretty sure he had the same amount of home runs as Jose Abreu did last year. So if he gets enough at bats, I think Gavin Sheets could lead this team in home runs. Obviously, you want to see Eloy. You want to see Luis Roberts' names up there. But uh, I think Gavin Sheets just has that raw power, and maybe we'll get something special out of the kid this year. Gavin Sheets, most home runs for the White Sox in 2023. Sean. Uh, Hi, Mom. Eloy Jimenez uh, will be my home run leader. Need him to – need him to do – be the home run leader, right? Like, we need him – Because (laughs) it's sad, but it's true. Um, This is a guy, though, he has the pop to do 40-plus. Like, come out and do the damn thing, Eloy. Stay healthy. Don't run into nets or anything. Do weird stuff, and he's going to be just fine. So, Eloy Jimenez, my home run leader. I think Tony's going to have to investigate us for uh, collusion because I am going with Eloy Jimenez (laughs) as well. My reasoning, though, is I was there in his first game back, right, when he he came back from the injury, um, and and he hit this pop-up that was down the third baseline, and it looked like it should have been a can of corn for the left fielder. That thing just kept going and going and going and going until it landed in the bullpen. That's the kind of easy power this guy has. Mm-hmm. So let him go in. He dropped some weight this offseason. Um, I like where he's at in that regard. Best shape of his life. So I know they all say that, but I think it does matter for him. Um, and I think that will help him be a little bit, you know, uh, more agile and durable throughout this course of the season. So I'll go with Eloy, most home runs. I just want to go off the script there because I feel like most of us are making these picks based on what we need to have happen in order for this team to be good. But if it's bad, I got to put some stock in something guys. Right. So let's go Gavin sheets for most home runs this season. It, it, there's a couple other names though, guys that I want to ask you about. And the first one is if Jake Berger got consistent at bat, say something does happen and you have to go to plan B. Could Jake Berger wind up in the top three for home runs this year for the Chicago white Sox? Cause I could see that happening easily. Yeah, I don't see why not. He's got the power. He showed yeah. that he can he can hit bombs. Yeah. In a hypothetical world, there's not a world that exists in which that happens for me, though. Where do, where do they come from? Consistent. I mean, just look at the names that are there at first base, DH, third base. Because and guess what? We he sat here last year and said he, the same thing base. on our previous he, second show. base. He ain't, he ain't playing third base at the major league level. I'm sorry. What about second base? Not I hope that. not, but what not about second shift? No. You know what's crazy? There's no we way, there's no way he gets enough of Andrew Vaughn on this show yet. In a hypothetical world, to answer your question, yes. But in reality, I don't think so because he won't get the at-bats necessary. We haven't talked about Andrew Vaughn on the show yet, and I thought that he would be in discussion for something at this point, but it's sort of concerning given the White Sox history at first base that this show hasn't really talked about Andrew Vaughn yet. We're not getting could, up for the letdown, Tony. Could could he potentially find his way into that conversation? 
I think he'll be a consistent, solid performer. So he'll be up there in home runs, but Eloy has got the, you know, Vaughn will hit you some doubles too. He's a natural hitter. Eloy is a power hitter. That's what yeah, I, I think with, I think with Vaughn, you're looking at 20 bombs, 275, 280. Um, and like Nani just said, hitting balls in the gap, man, that's what he does. He ropes those baseballs, you know, into the left and right center field gaps and it, and it, He's going to be – that's what he does. That's what he does. Now, I would love to see him get 30-plus home runs. I don't think he's going to do that. Um, but – Yeah. I understand your concern there, Tony, but I just think others will top him in that. He should be up near the top of that. I mean, shit, he was the leader last year. But once again, that was an absolute power outage across the board for the White Sox in 2022. All right, we're getting to the end here, guys. Uh, let's wrap up with two more predictions, and this one's going to be a fun one. We will describe Pedro Griffel's first year as manager with what word? Corpse speak. This guy says everything that Rick Hahn probably tells him to. At least that's what I've seen so far. It's all of the right stuff. It's the anti-Tony LaRussa, and it's almost as if a marketing department drew it up and handed him a script <laughs> so far since the day he signed here because it, it's easy. I see this on Twitter every day. You know, just the comments about the lineup. It's and I don't I don't believe that we're gonna see the same lineup for a full 162 guys. That's that's gonna be damn near impossible. But everything he's saying is so far as if they listened to every critique that they had last season and they wanted to put PR spin to go in a totally different way. Um I can't put a, a finger on how I feel about Pedro Grafol so far. But even as I brought up earlier, no set closer, but having a set lineup every day is all of a sudden important. Um, Didn't you know that you can only play the matchups and pitching and you can't do that with the lineup? This, I is, did not, big, this is big brain stuff. Did not well, know that, Johnny. I don't have a degree in in, in stat cult. But uh, I think that it, it's going to be a lot of corpse speak. I think we're going to get you know, a lot of the the right things. I'm curious to see what those post-game press conferences look like after a three-game skid. I want to know what we're saying in those. Um, I just everything so far seems like you've got Chuck Garfine as your manager for the White Sox. That's, that's what it sort of feels like to me. So I think a lot of corpse speak. Sean? Real quick, though, about the closing – deal because obviously Liam Hendricks is healthy he's your everyday closer does Kendall Graveman still have that deal where he can only pitch like he needs a day off the day after he he pitches Joe Kelly had some of that too in his contract last so year if, Sean. if both those guys have that and I don't know if it's in their contract for this year or if it's still a thing but if both I think those Joe guys Kelly's have was because that, of an injury that he was coming off of last season so I'm not positive so if both those guys who are you could put in the closer role, have that in their contract where it's like, hey, if I pitch one day, I can't pitch the next day. That kind of might be, yeah, so we have to go kind of closer by committee just on who's available that that day is how I how I look at it without Liam Hendricks being your – It sucks because we won't know until after the fact. They're not going to report on that. Right. They're not, yeah. They're not it's gonna a good tinfoil hat there, there Sean. Yeah, like, Love like a good tinfoil hat. Love it. Um, my one, word for, yeah. for Grafol, tolerable. Um, I think it's, we're not going to get anything too crazy. We're not going to get any, some obscure quote where we're sitting here after a post game going, how the F did he just say that? 
I don't think we're going to get any of that. I think, I think that's going to make it boring, Sean. That sounds boring. But that's what the White Sox want right now. They want it to be boring. Because why? Then they're not talked about every day and made fun of or questioned or whatever the case is because of who their manager is. They want they want the storylines to be about the team, not because the manager looks like he's sleeping in the dugout, not because of whatever the case is, you know, whatever's happening. So I think it's going to be tolerable. I think we're going to get, eh, I'll, I'll which is okay. With, it's not a bad yeah. thing. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll go with, I think, uh, overpraised. It will be the word that I'll use. Um, just once again, this is juxtaposition of a lot of people will just go back and harp on the, the on the Tony LaRusso stuff, and they'll do a lot of com, you know comparison, right? Um, whereas, say, you know, you put it in a vacuum and that didn't exist, how would you really truly evaluate Pedro Grifol this year? Is what I would like to see. So for that reason, I'll go with overpraised. But another one I was thinking would be satisfactory passing. I think it'll be yeah. all right, but I don't think I think be, the overpraise has already happened. I don't think, I don't think he's going to be a manager of the year candidate, even no. in the MLB. But I think the overpraise thing is already happening on Twitter.com because of Larry Garcia getting reportedly not on the roster, right? Everyone's like, oh, this is different. This that was Tony LaRusso's guy. You know, is this this is something we kind of talked about it to start the show, too. You know, so like it's already by him just doing something different our minds automatically go to, holy crap, what's happening here? This guy's doing something different. It's their best baseball move, you know, best roster move probably. But Isn't White that Sox ultimately so- Rick Hahn's decision though? Like, it, yeah, but if Griffold goes to him and goes, yeah. listen, I can't have I, – I want, I want so-and-so on the roster. I can't have Leary here anymore. You got to do something about this. Like he just doesn't fit what I'm trying to put together. You know, so he's ultimately probably got to come up with that original idea, you would think. That's true. I just, uh, it's, it is Rick Hahn, and if uh, he's probably listening to Griffold. So you're going to see, you're going to see a little bit more of Griffold's touch on things than you probably saw over the past two years. And I think a lot of White Sox fans have wanted that. Um, you Just want that relationship. Yeah, you want that relationship. You want that to work. Satisfactory, Johnny, is an interesting term to throw out there for it because when I hear the word satisfactory, it means you're getting the job done. Will he, though, is something that he hasn't proven yet. Right. And I think we all hope that he does. So these are these are predictions. This is what I think will happen. Okay. Satisfactory. Will, but, I think he will, but with too much praise along the way. Or excuse me, overpraise. That's the other one I use. But that's just that's how I see it playing out. All right, guys. Last one. We're getting down to the wire here. Um, important one though. Uh, the most important one here. Excuse me. It not probably. This one is. This is what matters at the end of the day. Will the White Sox make the playoffs? If so, how far do they advance? Where does the season end? I want to say yes, and I want to say ALCS is where the Ooh. season ends. I think that the White Sox have to take a step. I don't think anybody wants to go to a wild card division series and and call the season a success. I think that the only thing that you can do is make it to at least the ALCS for this thing to be considered a success. Winning a playoff series is the next step on that mountain for the Chicago White Sox. I think they know that. I think they have the pitching rotation that can get them there um, assuming that uh, they do make it, um, you line up Lance Lynn 
you line up Dylan Cease, and if if Giolito's that three guy, you've got yeah, two yeah. options to go in there. You'll, you'll, you'll line up your biggest letdown player. Yeah. Which one? Confidence. You said Which Dylan one? Cease, right? Dylan Cease, well, biggest mm-hmm. letdown just because Dylan Cease isn't going to do what he did last year. So he's going to be a letdown in somebody's eyes. But when we get to the playoffs, guys, it's it's one game. It's one start. You have to be on. And I think that the White Sox can make it through that first round this year. I really do. I, I think that they will surprise a little bit. But World Series, I think the AL still has some teams that they don't stack up well against, especially when you look at the New York Yankees, you look at the Houston Astros. It's really going to come down and depend on who they wind up against in that DS when they make it to the playoffs. Uh, yeah, I got this team at 88 wins. I have them winning the American League Central. Um, and so, yeah, yes to the playoffs. I I don't have them going to the World Series, but I'm in the same camp as Tony here. I, I have them going to the ALCS um, because that is such an important deal of this, this core of guys, right? Like they know what's at stake. They know that, listen, this whole deal is coming to an end soon. And to get that playoff series win um that that's going to go a long way with these guys i think that's and i'm and also with tony we don't match up with a couple of these teams in the american league they're just far they're far superior they are from a from a depth standpoint from star standpoint um but i do have them going to the playoffs i do have them winning a, a playoff series um i hate to say this but it's going to be a loss in the ALDS. And that is not a they just shit the bed and got blown out like they did against the Astros in 2021. That's not the case. It's going to be other teams' lineups that are just, you know, in margins better than the White Sox. And they were able to attack a tired bullpen that taxed themselves while trying to make up for Liam Hendricks' absence. You're not. I, I, yeah, that's good, Donnie. It's going to be a close, hard fought series but that's going to be the edge. It's going to be the extra power hitter that's able to, you know, just get around on that Graveman fastball or that bummer slider just hangs out a little bit more where we walk too many guys and, you know, something it's like over, that. Sean. Cancel the season. That's just, once again, these are predictions. I mean, that's, Steve's probably got, Steve's probably got us winning like 65 and it's, games. It's going to, it's going to rip my heart out, <laughs> but man, I, I just foresee that when I close my eyes for a good long, you know, reflection period and think about where does this season end and i can see it happen are we like are we that. are we content with that are we happy with that we look back i think you feel better about it than you did after 2021 because you got that was an ass doors game. doors blown off then but still in the grand scheme of things you don't have that signature like check mark to put alongside this course so i guess a little disappointed overall all things considered but once again i don't think it will be for being just absolutely dominated. It will be hard fought to the end, but come up just short. Good stuff. I'm a little disappointed with, with the, with the end that Johnny gave there. We should have reversed the roles on uh, who was speaking first in that, in that scenario there. But I think getting to the playoffs is sort of, you know, a, a step up from last year, as Johnny said, but I still think that their their plateau right now is that ALDS, and they have to find a way to get over that. 
if you see the team guys go and, and lose in the ALDS this year, Sean, you asked, are you disappointed? At that point, is it time to blow it up? Or is it time to add to that? I mean, I think Tony, that, that might not have you, a, well, you're going to have to replace some parts. Yeah, you're not going to have to replace have a lot a, of parts, but add to that would be my the adding to those. Like, we don't need, even need to go down that rabbit hole because the adding isn't going to happen. The adding isn't going to happen. Andrew Benintendi is our, our biggest contract of all time. Five years, 75 mil. So the the adding in 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 Major League Baseball in 2023, we ain't adding boys. We're it, it's it's business as usual. One year, seven mil here. So you're fifty-five million that, in losses so last so year for Jerry. So yeah. you're you're insinuating that it's just time to blow it up, then, Sean. I, I don't want I it hear. to be blown. I don't want it to be blown up. I I I sounded like you did there. <laughs> but because I live in a I live in a Jerry Reinsdorf world, right? I live in a Jerry Reinsdorf world and knowing how much money these dudes are getting this year, it's only going to go up and we ain't in that. We're not in that ballpark range, you know, and you're going to lose guys. You know, we're, we're, we're going to lose a couple players here and there. We're going to find some scrap. It's the worst thing in the player. world to lose Lucas Giolito though. I don't think no, so. no, no, no. You know, outside of me having him, when the I know there's, young this I year. know there's others there though. The there's there's line, others, yeah. man. And you already have guys wanting to get paid. Timmy wants to get paid, right? Um, it, it's just going to keep happening. And we don't have an organization where we're like, yep, you know, Tim Anderson, here's a 10 year, $300 million deal to keep you happy and to keep you a white sock. You know, we, the depth behind it that's coming, the, the, the draft classes that have been coming up here, it spells trouble. It spells trouble long term. So that's why I think if you make it to the ALCS, as, as Sean and I predicted, you can convince somebody to stick around or you can convince a free agent to come here to try and win. If you bounce we're so, out we're so if, close. If you, you know? bounce, if you bounce out in the DS, it's gonna be really hard to look at this and be excited about White Sox baseball over the next three or four years following that without some serious front office work done. Um, we've seen some hesitance from our GM to make moves um, involving prospects going for a star at the deadline. We've done some patchwork. I think we were all happy with, with Craig Kimbrell at the time. I think we were happy with Cesar Hernandez at the time, I think. But this is going to be sort of the year, if you look at it, you go into this deadline, if you've got Jake Berger, you know, still floating around triple A, you got to make a choice. You got to make a choice on Colson Montgomery. You're going to have to make a choice on Noah Schultz. You're going to have to make a choice on some of these guys and really either add, like really add. And I think Johnny, we don't, we don't have a prediction on what's the trade deadline going to look like, but this could be an interesting one. And I think our guy Steve has been on that for a couple, two, three years. That this was sort well, of he, a, a he pinnacle. Wants, he, he wants them to be terrible, so they blow it up at the deadline. I know. That's, I thought Steve's I, take. Steve wants to write about the he's rebuild. The, he's the absolute worst. He wants to write about rebuild 3.0. Like I he's, hate he's I hate that guy. In that camp. Why, why do we even have him on here? I hate that guy. Sixty-five wins for Steve. That's that's that that's my prediction, prediction for Steve's prediction. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh boys we got a little existential there at the end uh, i kind of want to keep this 2023 but you're right it will have after effects uh when you're talking about those end results there so um we have these all marked down we're gonna revisit them later on in the year we'll, we'll check in on can't them. wait see, see how they're going uh see who was right who was wrong uh who was off the wall and you know what i totally guarantee there's going to be at least one of these categories that blows us away in terms of a player and it's out of left field. Someone that we didn't even mention on the show will win one of those categories and it will just be <laughs> wild. So Gavin, we'll all be wrong under the year. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Something like that. Oh man. I'm looking forward to it guys. I was a good season prediction show. So let's uh, wrap it up here. Um, two exhibition games against the Cubs. Obviously they're playing the Rockies right now, but two exhibition games against the Cubs coming up. Down in Arizona, I'm not looking forward to having to tune into the marquee broadcast. Um, that's going to be pain for, for two, two days. days in a row. Yeah, um, I wish the Sox had a radio call so I could, you know, mute the TV and listen to the radio. But unfortunately, you know, we, we got to tough it out, and then we'll get to the real baseball. Um, so, other than that, opening day plans. What are you guys doing for opening day? I know Tony, you had to explain it a little bit earlier, but let's go around the table. What do you do opening day? Not home opener, but with the White Sox on the road here, how you celebrating? I know, Sean, you've got your plans there, but. <laughs> yeah, I think we touched on this a little bit, but uh, opening day is going to be interesting for me. I'll be downtown in the office and then uh, uh, catching the train back just in time to make it home here. I think we're going to get some uh, some Joey's Red Hots, Johnny. Ooh, Maybe yeah. crush a couple of hot dogs. And, uh, you know, obviously the beers will be flowing. We will be cracking them. Uh, looking at the weather right now, it, the garage is iffy, so it might be a, a basement day for for opening day, Johnny. I wish that I had the garage open. And we we were looking at you know sixty five degrees, but uh, beggars can't be choosers. I mean, obviously, you know, dressing up in full socks here from the minute I wake up uh, until you know probably I fall asleep. Uh, beers flowing, hot dogs. I don't think you can you really you know, do much else from there. Sean, I know you're probably going to be in like a suit or something. So, well, so I hope you've got so a White Sox tie at least. Here's, here's what I'm debating, right? For the rehearsal dinner. Uh, Cause I'm going to be, I'll be in Naperville. Um, so I'll be, I'll be out in Naperville rehearsal dinner. I think I'm going to go like, you know, free agent press conference day, dress shirt, Tim Anderson, Jersey over the top. You know, like when they put the jersey over the dress shirt, I think that might be the look. My sister yes. might kick my ass, but I think that's the that's the route. Can you can you get a picture from the rehearsal dinner doing that? Like I, I'll I'll I, do I think it. We need I, it. I'll do it. I'll for sure. I'll for sure do it. Uh, that'd be uh, that's good content right there. I like it. So yeah, I think we need that. Uh, look for it at Socks on Tap on Twitter. Mine is easy tradition, but it's a fun one. Grab hot dogs, like you said, Tony, uh, from my local establishment. Joe's, um, always good. But bring that to the bar. We got our own table outlined, reserved, set right in front of a TV. Uh, me and a couple of my other buddies. So be watching it from the bar and uh, tuning into you on the post game afterward. Sweet. I, I, I'm I'm so ready for this, guys. It's It's the greatest time of year we get to talk about. Uh, you know, just a, a clean slate, a, a new season. Um, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. And I hope that uh, it's just not as bad as last year. I, I think you guys shared that same sentiment. Yeah, right. a, lot of, a lot of negativity on those pods. Yeah. Those episodes. There, there's, there's different vibes this year. And, you know, I think everybody got to refresh themselves uh, 
that's us and the team, the front a little, office. Everyone, a little cleansing. Yeah, a little cleansing in the offseason. And then for, you know, the World Baseball Classic, I do think that will help rev some of these guys' engines earlier. Then remember the, the the passive kind of tone that they had at the beginning of last year, and they said, "Oh, we kind of took it for we'll granted. figure it thought out." We, thought we could just sit around, and they they would say these things throughout the year too. I don't think we're going to have that issue this year. I think there's some guys that are you know geared up, ready to go from you know game one. So looking forward to it, guys. Going to be a fun year. Hit me with the final thought, and then let's get out of here. Final thoughts. Um, you know, it was great to do this show without Steve because yep, uh, the 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 predictions would have been just so abysmally sad. And I feel like we really did a good job, guys, yeah, setting it, the tone for this season in a positive manner uh, by sending him to Midway Airport. Um, you know, I thank Steve's boss for planning a business trip this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, the set the tone player of the week is Steve's boss for sending him to, I believe it's California, uh, right before the season starts so that uh, we didn't have to hear about how it's over before it already started. So that was my final thought. Uh, my final thought is, uh, you know, just happy to be a part of this, man, and, and looking forward to doing a lot more uh, podcasts this season, you know, with my work schedule changing and all that. And uh, it's this is a great outlet for me to be able to vent about the White Sox and it's going to be a fun year. You got to put the good, the good vibes out there, the good setting the tone. Um, I, I have a feeling the White Sox are going are to start off hot, man. I really do. Um, and morale is going to be high and we're going to, we're going to get this thing going. So. Yeah, I like it, Sean. Um, my final thought is that the power will return this year. It was unprecedented last year. Everybody being, you know, in the under 20 home runs. That's ridiculous. I look around the league and I was so jealous just watching teams hit the ball out of the yard. Shit, watching the World Baseball Classic, seeing seeing dingers fly left and right. I think we'll get back to some of that fun stuff this year with the White Sox. A lot of fireworks, Tony. I'm really looking forward to that. So, man, (laughs) love a fresh slate. Can't wait to get at it. Join us Thursday. Fireworks for Tony. Yeah, fireworks for Tony. Hashtag set the tone. Make sure to join Tony and NWI Steve if you can stomach them. Uh, Thursday night after opening night, um, hopefully talking about a White Sox winner with victory beers. That's all I got, Tony. Hit it. Boys, good show. White Sox forever. White Sox forever. White Sox forever.